down? Did you want to read some of that stuff off? Oh, no, I want to ask a question, yeah. Oh, you want, okay, go, Yeah, I want to ask you a couple questions. Oh, you want to ask me a job. question? Because, like, as a comedian, right, so I've been doing just stand-up. Never had a day job while I was doing stand-up, at least, other than the telemarketing I did at 15, trying to hook up with that girl. Rejection again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the... Um, when you do stand up, when you have like a full time job, dude, yeah. like how do you balance the two? Like, I guess my question is, if you have to do radio in the morning for a big radio show on like a Wednesday, but you get this gig in Arizona that doesn't pay anything, or a gig in LA that doesn't pay anything, but industry is there and you need to be show your face over there to do well, and you got the spot. I mean, how do you pick that? Well, at this point, you know, I I got to a point where um, I had to make a decision. It's like, look, I, I signed this contract to do this radio show that I really enjoy doing, um, but at the same time, you know, if I if a great opportunity comes up in uh, in LA or Seattle or wherever yeah. maybe you have to make a decision you have to choose you well, know never good opportunities in Seattle <laughs> well yeah or wherever it may be wherever it may you be right? pass on the Seattle gig <laughs> yeah yeah I'm gonna, I'm gonna come down to uh, Topeka and see if, see if I can make that make that work no um, I mean it, but again like when you so you, you just have to weigh the options you right? just have it's to like, weigh the options whichever one is worth it more I mean if, if it's a big show on, a, on on the radio on Wednesday morning and I want to go to LA or whatever but I but let's say they're not paying or let's say I'm not too sure about the booker or I don't yeah. know. I don't know the people that well. I might side with the radio show. Right, right. Although my first love is stand-up comedy, I only got into radio because of stand-up comedy. Um, that's I kind of I kind of stumbled into into sports talk radio right. and, and morning radio. So I know where my loyalties are. It's definitely towards comedy. But yeah, sometimes you just got to make a tough decision, and, and, what, and what, sometimes you do have to pass up on a gig that sounds cool. Yeah. But you're not very sure about. Oh, you know, you, know, you start weighing it. Anyway. Exactly. You know, like oh, this person's there, that person's there. You, you might drive seven hours. People. You might drive seven hours to get there, oh, and then all yeah. of a sudden you're getting bumped. Nine people, you're getting bumped. Your boss is calling you. So yeah, <laughs> where so are you? It's just a lot of hard decisions, man. You just you just gotta know. But I look at it like this: it's a good problem to have, you know, because because you got two things that you love. I have two things in, that I love in my life: radio and comedy. Yeah. I get a chance to, you know, I've worked hard enough to be able to be in, engulfed in both of them. So it's a good problem to have. But I'll just have to make the tough decision. But radio wasn't your only job doing stand-up, though, right? Yeah. No, no. I, before radio, like, before I actually did full-time radio, I used to sell asphalt for a for a uh, construction company. Jeez. I was an asphalt estimator. estimator. I, would, I would go to your parking lot. I would measure it all out. I'd, uh, Were you good at that? I was pretty good. Dude, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Asphalt is a lucrative industry. I can it's imagine. everywhere. I mean, it's everywhere. You really don't think about it until you actually start selling it, and then you yeah. look around. And you're like, God damn! Every single road, every single freeway, almost all driveways. Yeah, no, we it's know. All that. It's, <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, man. But you don't notice it until you're actually making money off of it. That's gangster. So what, yeah. What time did you have to go to work for that? That was when you're in sales. You kind of have more of an open oh, schedule. Yeah. So, you, so you know, you can make your own schedule. So that one that, with the Big Mac. All, all the time, bro. One o'clock. Parking I'm, I'm lot at, looks like shit. Yeah, Give it doesn't matter. Cheese. It's all cracked up. But I got an In-N-Out burger, so I'm good to go. So this is a brand new building. <laughs> Pull your pants up. But what was the worst thing about, all, like, out of all the jobs you had while doing stand-up? And yeah. I still, I, I can't imagine this not being radio just because of the, the timing. But what was the worst thing about any job you had while you had to mix in with stand-up? Ooh, uh, I'd say, okay, I'd say the worst thing about um, this one job I had where I was basically customer service. <laughs> Uh, and I sat in a cubicle all day, and I sold. You, you ever seen the? You ever seen office you know, space? The, the office? The office, right? Oh, the, the office. show. The yes. office. You I know how close. they? You I know how close. they? Yeah, very close. Far away it well, the office. I got one word right, actually. The <laughs> office space sentiment. That was my life. Sitting in that cubicle, I've definitely had that feeling. But just like the office, the TV show, I actually sold paper products. No way. So I was selling paper plates, selling paper cups. My whole life was paper. It was just a sad state of affairs. <laughs> it, I was just everything in my life was was bendable and breakable and rippable because I, I was just engulfed in this paper world. So that that was the worst part about doing 
that job, customer service for a person like me yeah. is that I hate sitting down for yeah. hours at a time. I hate being quiet for hours at a time. <laughs> I'm on the phone and I'm on the computer all day, which I cannot just, I cannot stand that. And it would burn the fat off my soul. Dude. So when I would leave there that's at five o'clock. So scary to hear there. When I would crazy. leave there at five o'clock, yeah. I hated life. life. Damn, I, I, and, and here's the thing. I lived on the same block as I worked on. Understand that I lived on the same block as I worked on. This is over on uh, on Cherry Street. So it was like no commute, you would just walk. No, it was just I would just every day I wake up, I walk to work, I I burn on the inside, then I'd go home, smoke some weed, cry for a little while, oh, and then and then just listen to sports talk radio, and then just repeat in the morning. It was the saddest. Damn, it dude. was the saddest time of my life. And you man. just hated paper, like you 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 refuse to write ref- jokes on paper. Yeah, I, now <laughs> I, I'm like Jay Z, man. I just freestyle like, everything. Cardboard. Now. I'm not using this shit. <laughs> cardboard. What just, do you mean there's no cardboard? Board. Isn't this the improv? So that was it right there, man. That was that was the uh, the worst. You guys need cement or paper? <laughs> I can't imagine having to do that shit because like it just it's gotta be worse if you do the, a show. Yes. Bomb. Wake up in the morning. Sell no paper. Sell no paper. <laughs> it's like that was a fun 24. It's a terrible. Yeah, I had a lot of those 24. The, the 72 hour power. The 72 power hours. I guess you see you getting you bumped on a show. It's like you don't know how much I need this. Uh, I need this. I gotta sell right. these cups. The paper industry is literally crashing. <laughs> <laughs> They've got these notes on the phone now. It's just... This is crazy, man. What's the single worst moment of your life at a day job other than getting fired? Ooh, single worst moment of my life. Um, I worked at a liquor store. For a long Damn, time, dude, how actually. How many jobs did you oh, have? I've had dude. many jobs, my friend. How old are you here? Uh, like let, nine. Let me, I, I mean, I've, I've done everything, man. I've, I worked. My first job was what when I was need? 11 years old. Who, no. Oh, what were you doing at 11? At 11 years old, I was Legally. stocking. I was stocking beers and soda. That is so illegal. Now I'm, not, I'm not even supposed to touch the beer, but I was stocking beers and soda. And, and by the time I was 13, I moved myself up to the register, and I was working the register. You moved yourself I was, up? Well, I mean, I had worked myself <laughs> yeah. up to the register. You became right? manager at 11 and a half. <laughs> I'm gonna fucking start working the cashier. I'm assistant manager at 12. Fucking beer. Are heavy. I was. Like, hey, hey, real question about the beer. You ever fucking? Did you ever slide a beer in? Did oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, dude. I said I got just a drunk Rudy watching dude, Dodgers. First, first time I got drunk, I snuck some club mudslides out of the liquor store, and I drank them on the side of the liquor store next to the dumpster, and I got super drunk, and then I went home to go play Nintendo all day. It was it was crazy. That's the life, dude. That was the real life. Before rejection. When I was 13 years old, I worked my way up to the register, and the funniest thing ever, dude. They used Who's to, the boss? Sorry, Indian. My, no, this uh, this uh, Italian, I know some Indian, Italian like, dude. What are you? How old? <laughs> 22 okay well you can sleep you don't look mexicans are getting younger by you look 10 but okay grab the beer he was he was a, he's an italian guy that's italian actually dude. been in this neighborhood uh, for a long time and they've owned the shop for a long time he gave me a job at 11 because i used to go in there all the time and 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 buy baseball cards and i got that was my first job when i was 13 years old kabir i was asking grown men for their id be- before i sold them their malt liquor i would have stole that liquor you probably would have my, my ass at 13 dude too. i, I used to I used to, at 13 years old, I used to be like, hey, man, here's a, I need to see your ID. And then they, like, pull out their wallet halfway. Yeah. And then they think about it and look at me and be like, let me see your ID. Yeah. Where's your ID at, you know? And, but that was just, that was my job at the time. Where's but, your father? I need cigarettes. You but, can't but handle the, that. The worst time I ever had was when I got robbed. I got robbed in the liquor store, man. Robbed at the liquor yeah, store Yeah, I got, 13? had a gun placed right so to your cheek. And you're like, thir- how old were you? No, I wasn't 13. I was like. 
Actually, I worked there for a long time, so I was probably like 19. 19? Yeah. That's still pretty young now. Yeah, still, still pretty bad. I had a gun pressed up to my Is this cheek. Another and liquor store? You no, worked same there for liquor 14 store. years. Same liquor store. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You worked there from 11 to 9? When did you leave? I, dude, I used to work there, like, you know, Dad, sporadically. Shut that shit down. You got to leave. I've been here since I was 11. <laughs> right? I'm like chaining Fuck myself McDonald's. to the wall. Spill <laughs> that somewhere else. That was it, man. That was, that was probably the single worst time. I mean, Getting I've had some pretty bad jobs. What's going through your head? Uh, I'm going to die. Was he Indian? At no, least? he was. God I think I'm pretty sure he was black. Give yeah, me sure all of your dude. shit. Yeah, he's, everything, <laughs> dude. Everything. I, I, I just opened up the register and just started handing over handfuls of yeah, money. Yeah, yeah. Like, what are you going to do? You know, I don't care. Yeah, you know, I'm trying to live. I'm trying to survive, you know? Sir, I've had my puberty in here. If you think you're walking out here with a fucking dime, I've got another thing coming. All right? I have to get high and play Nintendo in four hours. <laughs> yes. I can't have you taking my boss's shit. Oh, my God. That sounds like a That's terrible the one, man. day, dude. That's what did you do after you got robbed? Uh, I just basically stood there stunned for yeah. about 15 minutes. Um, people, people were... I didn't even call the people police. People were coming in, sir. People were coming in. There was like a long line of people lining up, and I was just sitting there, like just stunned for like 15 to 20 minutes. And I couldn't believe. Can what I happened. just get a Snicker bar? I know you just got robbed, but I really need the <laughs> Snicker bar. My wife's being a bitch. It was rough, man. <laughs> it was rough. That that, but that was the bottom. That was hands down the worst moment. Hands down. There's no. What else could it be worse? You told the ultimate tale of it. Actually, what to, could be worse? Actually, Something to be honest with you, cut my hand off. To be honest with you, now when I think about it, sometimes I think about the fact of how I actually hated my life. Yeah. When I worked at the paper company. Right. Versus that one moment where I was scared for my life. Yeah. And honestly, man, I think maybe hating your life for about <laughs> four years was probably still worse than having a gun pressed to your face at and 19. Nobody's yeah. Could you imagine that, was, that was one moment of terror and a lifetime of stories. I got to tell you. That right there was four years of my life that I robbed. wasted that I just, I can't get back. I got to rob somebody. I got to rob God. I paper. Give me all Sorry. your leads. Yeah. Trevor, this is, it's way too early for this. Is that a gun? Oh, man. <laughs> No, that's got to be badass. I couldn't imagine doing. I couldn't imagine being robbed at a liquor store. Yeah, I would definitely give them all the money, but I would also like. You gotta I give would it be up. Doing something weird, like giving them tickets to shows too. You gotta give it up, man. <laughs> hmm? Are we gonna do the? Uh, they said just stop talking, and we're gonna do. Oh, do we? Because it's like ten twenty-one. Or, yeah. Oh, we can keep talking. This is dynamite oh. shit. No, they. Hey, they told me. Hey. They told me not to stop. They just, or not to say anything. Just stop and then get back in there. Do we have more to talk about? Hell yeah. You want to go deeper? I'm on fire. All right, fuck it, let's These stand-up jokes are going to be terrible. We're not going to use any of that. Keep it rocking. That's why I don't want to say anything. We'll just keep you guys need a break. The walls are coming down. They're opening up. You got more questions? Oh, shit, it's almost 1020. It is 1020. That's why I did that. But if you got more questions, keep it rolling. Is there anything else you want to ask? Anything funny we want to just end it with? What's your frame? I'll I'll wrap it up with something. Oh, let's... Well, for how long? Yeah, let's let's do that. I'll I'll intro. Do you want me to ask you that? Yeah. Could you do me a favor? Could you just bring in um, yeah, who your favorite comedian? Yeah, you could ask me uh, who my favorite comedians were. All right. And then I'm just gonna uh tell you the fact that I never watched stand up until I started it. Okay. Cool. Okay. Jay, you gotta call it, man. <laughs> All right. You guys ready? All right. We're set. All right. All right. It's the rare formcast here with Rudy Ortiz and my guest Kabir Singh. We've been talking about everything today, man. We got into sports. We even made some bets today. Yes, we did. We've been talking a little bit of comedy uh, for the last couple of minutes. Um, but I want to ask you, though, man, you know, of course, you're doing your thing. You're going everywhere and, and just making a name for yourself. But what are some of the names in comedy um, that you either looked up to or admired or were really into yeah. their, their style? What, what are some of the names that, that, that come to mind? Yeah, a stand-up. I was a super late bloomer when it came to stand-up. I don't think I started watching stand-up until, like, 
maybe I think the first stand-up comedy I've ever saw on TV was like maybe six months before I went on stage. Wow. And it didn't didn't blow me away or anything. I couldn't even tell you who I saw actually, but I did see it. But um, the first live show I ever did was the Rooster Teeth Feathers comedy competition when right. Sammy won it. Right. And then I saw that. That was my first live comedy show. And then I went back and I started watching stand-up. And really, I mean, that was not, you know, it was like Dave Chappelle, Dane Cook, those guys. I mean, it sucks whenever I talk to old school people. They just hate me immediately. Because they Five yeah. seconds of talking. What kind of comedy do you like? Ah, I started watching that about uh, nine years ago. Because <laughs> uh, they, they don't like the fact that you're, they probably feel like, oh, this guy. Doesn't. Yeah, and I went back. I mean, I knew the, the social pressures of knowing. I mean, I went back and watched the stand-up from, like, Richard. Pryor and Eddie Murphy and stuff like that but I don't think there was it's weird like as a comedian I'm sure there was a comedian that inspired you to do to do stand-up, there's really there's not like a comedian I could pinpoint and be like, that's the reason why I do stand-up comedy or that's who I want to be. It's kind of weird, but no, my, mine is Paul Rodriguez because, and I say that because what? no, let me tell you why because that was the Edit first. That actually, I know Paul really well. That, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> no, Paul is still out there. Paul is still out there doing he's his gangster, thing. Dude. But he's, I mean, just being like a being like a young Mexican kid, like listening to watching a lot of stand-up comedy because I loved watching comedy as a kid, right? right? But then when I saw Paul Rodriguez, he came out with an album a long time ago called Macaroni or Mac and Cheese or Mac Macaroni and Cheese. Cheese. I think it was yep. called Macaroni and Cheese, um, and that was the first first ever CD or anything audio that I actually ever purchased. What year was that? I don't want, I want to say Were 19... you 11 working at the liquor store? <laughs> yeah, my, it was my liquor store money. Um, I, I want to say like 1994, 93, okay. wow. something like that. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah and yeah. I bought that. I went to Suncoast. I, I bought it at Suncoast. Uh, bought the CD, bought the album and that was it right there, man. Once I heard Paul Rodriguez, I was like, this is... You this ever is, work with this him? This is cool. No, never had a chance to work For with him. Real? I've met him a couple of times but never... I saw him out over at, uh, at the radio station. Came in. He came in a couple of times to do um, some... Nice. Sets, yeah, real, real nice guy, real cool That's guy. Cool. That's cool that you have that kind of guy. Because when I was growing up, there was no. Indie, I mean, for you, I mean, I, I don't sure if it was just because he was was uh was well Hispanic, him, him being I mean, mexican definitely helped the situation for did, me like I mean, it a, probably wasn't the game breaker but for me like russell didn't blow up till like 1999 right. and i don't think i really watched his stuff until way later until it already blew up but yeah yeah it's cool man stand up is great there's a lot of great comedians i i like watching the comedians that are just uh that that just i get to work with i mean there's so many it's crazy going to like when you're doing a show in like chicago and boston just your feature and openers alone those yes. guys are like killers some of that yes. like, what is this guy Trying to make my life harder right now. I don't know. Is, is, is Supposed to be on the same team here. There's <laughs> nothing to prove here. I mean, is that a thing, though? Do you get that a lot? Like, yeah, like when, you, when you featured oh. before, do comics ever, like, say, you know what? I don't want to know. I don't know if Kabir's is the right, right. feature because he might blow it out the water. Then I got to yeah. follow him. Uh, there's been the three times I've ever been kicked out of stand-up comedy, like, getting canceled from weekends. There's two of them. Where from when I was featuring for other comedians, they're like, we don't even want to. But it's so rude to do that because number right. one, I always hated on them. But I was like, that's such stupid. That's so dumb. You're headlining. You should be able to do whatever. And then you'd go there and do it. And then you know they, they wouldn't even ask you to take it down. You just get canceled. But then when I started headlining and started going to like, <laughs> like you know, like Atlanta, should doing the shows, and I'm just all like, yeah, could you tell this guy to calm down here? <laughs> We're just trying to have a good just time. Just ease up right yeah, here, yeah. yeah. But, like, you know, the feature spot's obviously the easiest opening spot. But, like, uh, it is weird, though. Like, that you, you got to, like – but, again, there's a lot of great comedians out there that, that just are stuck at that spot because they don't have the TV credits to headline. It has right. nothing to do with their stand-up. I was stuck featuring for, like, five years before I got on Stand-Up Revolution. Uh, before that, it was basically just me bearing other headlines. You make enemies doing that; they don't yeah. like you anymore. Do, do you do you find that do you find that you have like a way of writing jokes or or something that works specifically for you? Because I know that's something that comics you know comics all have a different way of coming up with material. Yeah. What is what is your way? Do you have a formula that works for you? Or? I, I do have a formula, and I think we're gonna try it out actually. Because what I do is I I don't really write like. I don't sit there and have like a structure of the way I write my jokes. What I do is I come up with premises and then I will go on stage ah. or just kind of 
tell people, my friends, could you listen to me? And then we will build a joke together. Yes. I mean, what happens is someone will give me like uh, – and a lot of times I won't use that specific idea, but someone will show – Something like, okay, what if you do this? Which I'm going to do right now, actually, because okay. I'm going to try this, actually, because I do have a... I've been doing a bunch of sets this week, and there's three jokes that I've been working on. Two, actually, that I, that I want to do. When you come up with the premise, you just kind of go out there and say it, and you try to help it out. So I got a joke about aliens. I've always wanted a UFO joke, and I've written, like, five in the past, and they've all sucked. Right. So this is the only one where I thought I came up with a really good premise. So I'm going to throw it out there. And then well, you got a, you got a microphone right there, but we actually do have a stage here. Um, we do. With, with the We're microphone set up. Um, well, you might as well just. Right, let's cut right now. There you go. You guys are just gonna... That was a good bridge, though, right? 30 seconds. Okay, cool. Bridge is good? Yeah, yeah that was good. I'm actually good. I had another one in there, so I'm good. Oh. Um, should I move? I was actually, yeah, we got we to move some things around. I, mean, uh, I was going to say my camera, of course. Stop. 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 About tonight. Yes, Mr. Monet, I feel sure I can speak for Mr. Boynton. Oh, fine. I'll be leaving then. I'll walk you to the door, Mr. Monet. Oh, my address is uh, 9066 Shawm Drive. Try to get there before 10. And I'm sure that, as my students say, we will have a ball. <laughs> I'm sure that we will. Yes, until tonight then, Miss Brooks. Stay in the groove. Oh, Natch, Mr. Monet, Natch. <laughs> and Mr. Monet? Yes? Don't take any wooden francs. <laughs> Miss Brooks, starring Eve Arden, will return in just a moment. But first, here is Vern Smith. Ladies, regardless of age, skin type, or previous beauty care, doctors prove you too may win a lovelier complexion with palm olive soap. But to win this lovelier complexion, the kind men admire and women envy, you must stop improper cleansing. Instead, use palm olive soap the way doctors advised. Remember, 36 doctors, leading skin specialists, advised 1,285 women, many with complexion problems, to use palm olive this way. Some have dry skin, some oily, some coarse looking. Using palm olive soap alone, two out of three won lovelier complexions. Now, here's what the doctors advised Wash your face with palm olive soap. Massaging for one minute with Palm Olive's Soft Lather. This cleansing massage brings your skin Palm Olive's full beautifying effect. Rinse. Do this three times a day for 14 days. It's that simple. But doctors have proved this way using nothing but Palm Olive really works. So forget other beauty care. Use Palm Olive soap alone for a lovelier complexion. For loveliness all over, use big, thrifty bath-size palm olive in your tub or shower. After Mr. Monet left, I tried to get Mr. Boynton on the phone to tell him about the invitation. But ours is a party line, a four-party line to be exact, and every time I picked up the receiver, it was in use. Always careful not to lose my temper, I sat by the phone and drummed lightly on the top of the table until my five fingernails were impaled in the mahogany. <laughs> then I tried it once more. As sure as my name is Lucy Schofield, that's the only way to treat man, Emma. Believe me, if I had to do it all over again, Emma, I'd... Oh, excuse me a minute, dear. I think I smell my 
And if you're listening to Mutiny Radio, you've made a great choice because they're still filming this cool thing. Yay! The rare form cast. Here we go. Uh, are you gonna Are you gonna come around now? Are you gonna start on this side, or are you gonna? I'm gonna start on this side. You are gonna start on this side. I'm gonna get out of the way. Um, that's what I was thinking. The, I was gonna say my camera died right when Rudy was doing his little intro. So I'll, I'll grab Rudy. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Trying to demoralize you're, him. You're demoralizing him, and you're telling him how he, you know, his 
you know the tiger, you've seen the stripes, bro. Right. This isn't in your future. Right. I don't see why you need to sign up for something like this. You think you're gonna be able to get up and, and handle going and doing this job and you know you you gotta kinda of treat it as you're a blue collar and this blue collar worker just says I can do it. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. To where it's maybe a little bit offensive. Yeah. You know what I mean? Am I trying to be funny or am I just trying to you, you can do whatever you want. Okay, cool. What are you doing? You just you just want to kind of have yeah. uh, more of a disgusted undertone okay. yeah. of like, bro, I love you. Yeah. No, but you can't do it. This isn't you. And then can I stand up and walk away? Like, like walk, cro like, like leave him when I'm done talking to him? Can I just or you yeah, leave, stay him, here? leave him dusted? Like, like use that no, as no, I, mean, I think it. that's a little too stagey. Okay, cool. Uh, just stay here. You guys are still friends, for fuck's cool. sake. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, like, you can even that's what I was asking. I was like, how, like, how hard are you going to go? But I see what you're saying. No, no, no. You're not going to tell him to lock up after, you know, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he just wants to be more well, disgusted I'll with that. when I feel like, you Wait, know. Okay. Could you yeah, run yeah. that by me real quick? He's going to. So after, okay, after the stage shit, you're going to come back in here. He's going to say, you know, okay, I got to get out of here. I'm going to go pick up Jay. Jay Rich. go try to do his job with him at the barbershop. I'll see you later. You, you'll wrap it up. Thank you for coming. And you'll say, okay, I'm clear. And then you'll kind of speak straight with him. Don't be, don't be like fucking a dick, yeah. mean or anything. Yeah. No, you can like, be a little bit mean. But just, you but be just truthful mean like how we yeah, are. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, just be straightforward. You know, yeah. Like, the show is off now. I don't have to be fucking Mr. Show. Right. I can yeah. just be real with you. I like the angle of Be real as a friend. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This, this isn't going to work. Okay. Yeah. yeah. What's not going to work? Like, you trying to be, you trying to do the day jobs. Yeah. Should we just. Oh, yeah. That's my motivation. Like, I'm telling you, I'm going to be able to do Like, I know you. I've seen you work. Before can I respond? I can say that. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so, yeah. so, so, yeah. Back and just can be. Uh, oh, I can say that. It's your reaction. It's your okay. reaction. I mean, it's you know Beautiful. however you want to play that. That's fine. However you feel about this shit, yeah. honestly, should come. Through. I'll show you. I'll show you, world. Father. Yeah, you <laughs> I'm sorry. Where right. right. am I? <laughs> I went blind with rage. Oh, do I? Are we already? We're still sitting. Yeah, you're sitting. You're, you're doing the. You're, you're setting them up again for the stage shit. The stage shit, yeah. And then we're gonna do that part. Come here, look. So I'm gonna start off with the process, and then you mentioned Camera the jokes. Speed. Okay. Oh, is that what we're we doing? Yeah, I'm gonna start process off. Process like, to jokes again? No, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna be like, Got tell it. me about your process. No. Yeah. Okay. And I just walk out and do the stage. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the thing, Kabir. Like one of the things that I get asked a lot from other comics, and really just like normal, you know, audience members in general, yeah. uh, is about the process for for actually coming up with the material. Do you have a process for your material? Yeah. I mean, I don't really have a structure on how I'm going to write stuff. Uh, what I do is I come up with premises, and then what I'll do is just I'll just randomly just kind of go hit up the open mics, throw them out there, see what comes up the top of my head, um, and then you know other comedians, you know, in the community will kind of help you out. Uh, and, and stuff like that. So sometimes it could be like brainstorming when you're yeah, talking about tagging yeah. and stuff like that. Well, once you get the premise, you can kind of go up there and figure out what you want to do. And then you, once you say it out loud, you kind of hear it and kind of right. figure it out. It's it's better than just a pen and pencil, well, uh, a, a pen and paper, because you don't you just you don't hear it. You know I mean, it's saying? interesting because that's usually the that's that's the conventional method. People.
people want right. to sit down, quiet place, yeah. don't want to be interrupted. I need to put my thoughts right, right. onto the pad. But you're saying that you're really just coming up with the premise right. and then making it making it grow from there. Exactly. Like I'm gonna go, I'm gonna do this right now. There's like two jokes that I want to try out that I've been that I've been working on okay. mentally. But um, you know, you're just gonna go out there and do it. But most too many comedians are afraid of going up there and just bomb it and just coming up with ideas. That's the whole point of this. So. That's real. That's real. So, so, so it, and you could actually help me write this joke. I want to be a part I, of this. I will walk you through the joke, and then I will also tell you where I need help with. All right, take your take your bits. Right. Hit that stage that we got set up at the front of the room, and uh, and then we'll go from there. Kabir Singh. Wow, I didn't I didn't think we were gonna get a chance to see uh, Kabir Singh live in action. Actually, actually doing being a part of the process. I'm excited by this. You come up with a premise. And then you just throw it out there and figure it out. Like um, Kabir Singh, ladies and gentlemen. Kabir oh, Singh. Yeah, hey, 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 coming to the stage, this guy. It looks like the same uh, attendance as, uh, as my usual shows, actually. <laughs> I feel very good about this. Um, like, so I have this joke. I've always wanted to, uh, I've always wanted to write a, a joke about aliens, which is uh, kind of weird. But, like, shit. Mm. That, right? Improv, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, animals. <laughs> yeah, right. Come back Should they be getting sick? Uh, how do we want to do that? Do we want to just have them walk out again? Yeah, that'd be great. Try it again. Come on, no problem. You want to just walk out, right? Yeah. Can I take this from sports? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back to the to the betting. All right, we'll do the process thing again. Then we'll do we do the about. process thing again? Or do I just say, all right, let's do this? Okay, so. Got it. All right, let's go do this. Let's do it, man. Let's rock it out. I get a chance to actually be a part of your process here, which is going to be fun for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because this is basically brainstorming right now. Yeah, it is brainstorming. You know, you don't have the whole thing. The whole joke, but you could do it in front of other funny people and they'll help you of out. Of course, ladies and gentlemen, Kabir Singh. All right, so uh, I've always wanted to write a joke about aliens, so I thought this would be funny. Uh, my worst fear in life is to be abducted by UFOs. Mm. Uh, not because I'm afraid of aliens. I don't care about aliens. I'll slap them in the face. Uh, what, what I don't want to do is be the uh, representative for Earth. Because... <laughs> When you get abducted by aliens, they're going to ask you questions about what's going on there, and I'll, I'll ruin it for all of us. I'm not a smart person, <laughs> right? So I'm pretty sure, like, the alien, like, what would be one of the things an alien would ask? Uh, yeah, what do you eat? Yeah, so I was thinking, like, but what you probably, yes, so eat. That's a good one. See, there you go. That's why it's it's working. Story. Process is working. I would say, like, I would be a really bad representative for Earth because I'm pretty sure the alien would be like, uh, who's your leader? And I'd probably be like, uh... It could be you if you play your cards right. Right. <laughs> Let's go downstairs and take over the world. You've got weapons, right? You right. Know, something weird like that. But food is another good incorporate, one. Incorporate. You can incorporate since you're since you're gonna abandon your species. You can incorporate some sort of like gentrification of it all. Like you're gonna be the, the aliens are gonna gentrify Earth. And it's gonna be a lot of alien hipsters walking around here, little mustaches, little unicycles, something like that. Just something like that. It could be like, well, we're all one down there. Right. Uh, and also maybe incorporate something funny. Be like, is LeBron James one of you guys <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> jumping over cars down there? And we've never seen anything like it. He plays for the Monstars from, right. from Space Jam. There you go. Something weird like that. And here's the other joke that I think I have down. I'll try it out. It's uh, is that uh, I do have a girlfriend now, and uh, her best friend uh, is a gay dude who sent her a dick pic, uh. which is weird, right? Uh, and he claims it's an accident. 
But first of all, I don't think he's gay. I think he's straight. He's just trying to hook up with my girlfriend. Number two, uh, it's really hard to accidentally send a dick pic. There's a lot of steps to send a dick pic, right? You got to grab your phone, turn your phone on, pull your pants down, look at your dick, pull your pants back up, go on the internet, find a bigger dick, take a picture of that, send that. It's a lot of steps. Right. Yeah. So that's pretty much what we're trying to work on over there. And you can tell you can tell when the guy is insecure with his dick pic because oh. he'll always put like something next to it to show the scale oh, to see right. so, so you can see exactly how big it is. Ruler, right? Yeah, Anything like think about a ruler. Like he'll probably put like a roll of nickels next to it, and just just so you understand that he's working with something. That's right. It's, it's a, this battery. It's the secure dudes. The what secure dudes are the ones that just point the camera down and click. That's Those are right. the secure guys. The insecure. And that's how you do it. See, we just came up with some stuff right there. And I'm right. going to write it down now. I love the aliens one. With you. If, if, if the guy has a bunch of stuff in the backdrop of his dick pic, he's yeah. very insecure. And he, yeah. wants to, he wants to distract you from what's really going on that's right. and make you see the backdrop yeah, or something. It's like a hotel with miniature shampoo and stuff. Like, <laughs> right. No, just hanging out at Target. That's not Target. He's got the sir. New York skyline behind his dick for some odd reason. That's the Hyatt. Yes. Okay. I see that. I, this you is the process. You want to do. So that's basically my process. What I'll do is I'll hit up the open mic just like I did and I'll I'll literally talk about the joke while I'm doing the joke. Right. It annoys some people, but who gives a shit? Who cares? You know, it's like, this is the way I do it. They already paid their money you anyways. laugh. Yeah. You're already getting paid at the end of the exactly. night. It doesn't matter. Exactly. So that's the best I like way that. for me to write. I like Kabir, Kabir Singh, ladies and gentlemen. That's Give it right. up. There Thank we go. You, Rudy, huh? Very nice of you. <laughs> I'll give you a one-man applause. Yeah, a, I know. A golf clap. A little golf clap. So, so this is, okay, now this time you did it, um, on stage, like right. you're actually on stage. I don't yep. know if that's typically how you do it, but I understand the concept behind right, this right. stuff. It's about bringing a premise to the forefront and then building off that. I like that. Right. This is like very organic. How do you do it when you're not actually on a stage talking to you know somebody who's like right in front of you, like critiquing you? Yeah, I mean it's 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 tough. Like what I'll do is I'll just annoy my friends and start open micing it with them. Sometimes. With your buddies, you're just oh, hanging yeah. out with your buddies. Oh, I do that with my mom all the time. Oh, she ah. hates it. She's like, why don't you come back when the jokes are good, please? That'd be okay. <laughs> right. I am not a test dummy. And I'm like, mom, you, you gotta. This is gold. Um, but no, really. Listen, there's no excuse to not hit mics, man. I mean, yeah. really, any city. I mean, you could be anywhere and you could hit up a mic. So really, it is best to go on stage and just throw those out there. I mean, do people kind of do, especially your comedy friends? I yeah. can imagine. Do they kind of call you out on that? Like, dude, don't open mic me right, right now. Right, right, right. Oh, oh, like, well, did, like, do, do your friends ever say that? Or I do it with my friends, but who have no idea what's going on? Oh yeah, dude. I'll they just, just like, they just think you're being extremely clever yeah. and very witty. And yeah. oh that oh that Kavir, he's always got a snapper. <laughs> I'll just be at my cousin's birthday party. He's like 15. Sell so Trump, huh? Have you seen this guy? He's like, please, uncle. Oh, man. It's my birthday. That's incredible, man. I, I'm, Get your kids over here. You guys want to hear a comedy show? I'm di well, what's actually, what's the youngest What's the youngest crowd that you've ever done? I mean, have you ever done a oh show, my. like, specifically for kids? I've done Indian weddings where they won't even tell me there's kids. Oh, my God. Those wow. are the worst shows ever. I did, like, an Indian reception once, and I show up, and it's just literally, like, eight, seven-year-olds to four-year-olds maybe just circling around me and dancing. Yes. While I'm doing my set. While you're doing your bit. While people are eating. While I'm contemplating why I didn't go to law school, right. <laughs> this is so much. This is the worst experience ever. I mean, is that the worst setup oh, for a comedy show? Oh, it's the worst. And then when I do actual comedy shows where it is all ages, I mean, those can be fun because nobody yeah. in their right minds coming there. But when you start doing these private gigs where it just could be like young ass kids 
over there, it's crazy. Yeah. This, this there's my my thing about comedy shows is I, I hate to sound you know like like I'm being uh, petty, but yeah, it, it's a, it's a, a lot about the setup. Like if you have, for example, you've done you know shows at a bar before or at a restaurant right, right. or something like that, um, where they're trying to put a, put on a comedy show, but they just don't have the elements around the right. comedy in 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 order. You know, TVs yeah. are on, you got music playing in the background, you got the bar facing that way and yeah. the stage facing that way. I mean, what do you do? What do you do when you have a situation where you can't get everybody's attention? Yeah. But you're supposed to do 25 minutes of comedy. You know, at that point, you just have to focus on the five people that are watching. I mean, there's nothing you can do. I mean, if they're literally not going to pay attention to you, right? Uh, it's never going to be 100% of the crowd not paying attention to you. Do you just get louder? You could. It depends how much you care about the show. Right. When you do right. it, when you're headlining 30 shows a month, you're just sitting there like, this one could slide. Yeah. <laughs> I did real good yesterday. These people don't want it. We're not giving it to them. But, like, even when they're not paying attention, you just pick out the four or five that are paying attention and yeah. open mic and do some new stuff and stuff like that. But, I mean, you know, it also depends if you're getting paid or not. I mean, you, they depend on you to do well. I mean, how many bar shows do you have to, you're getting paid, like, what, 100 bucks to show up? I mean, yeah, that'd be, that's nice when they can shoot you a nice $100 yeah. for a bar show. And That's doing, nice. Yeah, 20, 30 minutes yeah. up there, and you're like, you know, they're not paying attention. You're like, I should probably try to get their attention. What's your What's yeah. your take on uh, the probably the one thing that uh, I would say scares people? Nah, I mean, no, that's cool. We could just, we just get that. Let's wrap it up, and then we'll do a little bit after you go off the air. Okay, cool. I I was just going to say, if it's possible to, we don't even need to do it for reals, but of course, my battery died. I saw that. On the second, on the second joke, run, like halfway through the second joke run through. Yeah. So if you could just quickly run through that so I could just get your reactions again, that would be, that would be cool. You guys want to do that first? We'll just do pieces. Yeah, we, we can keep doing it and just grab that at the end if that's okay. Yeah, okay. Well, that, cool. That'll be fine. the last thing we do. Yeah. Because yeah, I don't yeah. even... So, yeah, now, fellas, just wrap it up, right. and then do a little bit after you go off there. Okay. And then uh, we'll move on to a couple of different things. Do your entrance and get a career. Real quick. Cool. Sit on the first one. No problem. Uh, so we'll I'm going to open that goddamn... Hey, Ben, or yeah. you want to jump out here and just get a two-shot for this, and I'll call... You'll swap over? Yeah. So I'll, I'll wrap it up, ask you if you got any show... What shows you got coming up? No. Nah, no? I, don't I, don't think we... oh. I guess I don't even need to say that right yeah, now. Yeah, I think we just wrap it I'm cheating, I'm cheating like a real podcast. Um, uh, wait, did we mention what would add, the, the, the hustle of the whole Jay Rich thing? Barbara, I have to say that I'm going to go to Jay Rich's place. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mentioned that. So, you just say, what are you doing up next? Yeah. Just say, what I'll are you doing I'll wrap it up, next? and then I'll ask you, what are you up to? It's like, well, we're going to Oakland to pick up Jay Rich to go uh, to his side hustle. Say, say we're not saying side hustle. No, not. We're going to go do uh, his day job. His day job. That's another word. Yeah. I'll just go be like, yeah, we're going to go to his day job. He's a barber. It's going to be crazy. I'm going to cut some hair. Okay. And then you could give like a quick opinion on what you think, how you think I'm going to do it. Okay. Be supportive on the radio. And yeah. Right and when then it's really, done. Yeah. Be supportive on the wrap- radio. And then right when it's done, it's like, Talk yo, shit. bro, I, you, you're not going to be And right then right. I'll wrap it up and then we'll do our thing. Okay. All right. All right. Three, two, one. 
Well, Kabir, it's uh, it's been a blast, man. It's been a while since we had a chance to really like sit down and chop it up like this, man. And always I'm, a pleasure. I'm always happy for your success. I'm always in your corner, man. And I, I know I'm gonna catch you at the microphones and stuff like that. But you know, you just keep on rocking your thing, keep Thank on doing you, your man. thing, man. I appreciate it, man, and congratulations on the radio show, man. We'll stop I appreciate by as much that. As I appreciate. It. We're gonna work. We're gonna do more of this more often, man, because I always love uh, your vibes and I love your energy, man. But yes, uh, what do you what are you up to for the rest of the day? Well, we're off to uh, you know Jay Rich, the yeah. other, uh, an amazing comedian. His uh, his day job. He's a barber. Really? He's a barber in Oakland. Okay. So, so uh, we're going to go spend the day with him at work. Uh, and then um, I think he's going to try to get me to cut some hair, man. I'm, I think I'm going uh, to be good at it. Maybe you, I'll find another passion. You know what, though? I think you I think you will be also. Because the thing is, like, people love a, a barber with a good personality. You're, yeah. Obviously, you're a funny guy. Oh, like, you're going to entertain you. them. You're going to entertain them. They're going to be looking forward to having their hair cut by Kabir Singh. I think it's going to be fun. I, you're going to fit I feel in. bad for the people that are going to get the haircut. No, no. But I'm excited. I'm going to see what it's like, you know, because it's, it's not all cutting hairs. I know he has got a, uh, a strenuous job. So, it's going to see if I'm going to be excited to, to try it out. Maybe watch a YouTube video on uh, on fades oh, before, yeah. before you, before you get down there. We have no time for that now. That, that should have been done Just do that, man. Ago. Kabir, I really appreciate you, man. Again, thank you, brother, for coming on, man. Thank you, You Rudy. have been all uh, had a chance to listen to the one and only Mr. Kabir Singh here on the Rare Formcast with Rudy Ortiz. Once again, thank you guys all for tuning in. You guys have a great day. Take it easy. Thank you, man. Right on, man. All right. <sighs> man, uh, I got to tell you, man, that is... Uh, you know, I, you know, I believe in you. Yeah. And and you know, we go back and stuff. Um, but this 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 day job thing, man, it's 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 not gonna work, Kabir. It's not it's not gonna work, man. I, you you you're you're not ready Listen. for this. You know, this is a lot of work. You already put in all these miles onto your brain and everything. Yeah. It's you're not gonna be able to do this, man. This is not for you. It's not for you. How hard is cutting hair? I think you're gonna be in for a rude awakening. Well, we'll see, sir. We'll see. We'll see about that, man. We'll Just, see. Uh, Take it easy, man. All Good right. luck. Good luck with everything. Take care, buddy. All right. Take I'll see easy. you soon. All right. Okay, cut. Let's do that one more time. Let's do that five more times. <laughs> <laughs> do not even do. Do not do a speech, man. Just go straight up and just right, say. It's not gonna work. All right. Just say. Uh, shorter. Job to do. Much shorter. All right. Got gotcha. you. Not gonna work. And gotcha. can I say how hard is cutting hair? Could that be a yeah, good thing going back? And yeah. Okay. Five lines here. Okay, Dude. I got you. Uh, what you do when, you, when you're ready to leave, I mean, you guys are going to see each other tonight. That's yeah. the idea. Oh, okay. okay. I'll see you later it's on tonight. All, it's all in one day, so you guys are going to be performing at Tommy's. Yeah, yeah. So, so what are you up to? is like before our show tonight, Yeah. I, well, I'm going to go to Jay Rich's thing, so I'll make that clear on that right, one. Cool. All righty. You're going to go through uh, getting off the radio station again, right? No. No? Well, did, can, can, can we? Can we yeah. go through? Oh, uh, at the end? I'll do it quicker. I'll do it much quicker, oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Say something homophobic. <laughs> Be like, mm. we need to sell this. All right, I got you. I got you. <laughs> you guys ready? No. Doesn't look like it. Well, uh, Kabir, man, we spent like two hours together for the first time in a long time, man. I really appreciate you coming through today, man. I've had a blast. What are you up to for the rest of the day? Uh, that was a blast, man. Uh, well, we're going to be heading over to uh, to Jay Rich. You know Jay Rich, amazing comedian. Of course, of course. Um, he's a barber, so we're going to go to his barber shop in Oakland. Wow. We're going to spend a day in his shoes, and then I'm going to be able to cut some hair. So you're going uh, you're to cut a little bit of hair. Yeah, so I don't okay. know if I'm going to survive tonight. Okay. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm excited. We're going to go see uh, how he does his job. 
job and it's going to be exciting. And then we have the big show tonight, man. We do, we're man. So we're going to we're going to hook up later on tonight. I Absolutely. want you to I want you to let me know what the whole barbershop experience was like for you. Oh, I'm, I will. I'm yeah. sure you're going to do great, man. You got a great personality and people love a happy barber. So well, I think you're going to be you, good, Rudy. man. Thanks for having again, me. Brother, I appreciate it, man. Once again, you guys have been listening to Kabir Singh right here on the Rare Formcast with Rudy Ortiz. Thank you for tuning in. You guys take it easy. All right. Thank you for having me, man. Uh, this barbershop thing, man, it's not, it's not going to work for you, man. It's not going to work for you. You're, uh, you're not cut out for it. Dude, how hard is it to cut hair, honestly? Well, you're going to find out. You're going to find out. All right. You let well, me know tonight, man. I'll see you tonight, baby. All right, baby. Thanks take it easy. I'll see you soon, man. Take care. Man. All right. Some responses. Can't they just talk other things? I can. Same thing, right? Like same thing we just did. It was that first one was alien, second one was dick pic. Okay. Same idea. So the uh, the second joke though I want to right. another show. Wow. First one first one was good. Let's see what the second one is. Oh, one second, one second. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so the second joke I had in mind uh, is uh, is this is this. So I have a girlfriend. Uh, her best friend is gay. Okay. Uh, but he sent a dick pic to her recently that he claims was an accident, but I don't think hmm. it is an accident because um, it's really hard to accidentally send a dick pic. There's a lot of steps to send a dick pic. It's complicated. It's complicated. You gotta grab your phone, turn it on, pull your pants down, look at your dick, right. your pants back up, go on the internet, find a bigger dick, take a picture of that dick, right. send that. I mean, it's a lot of work. Right. I think that's a lot of stumbling. Too much stumbling. I mean, what, what do you think needs to be added? I mean, I think the punchline is a little weak. But well, you know, the premise, yeah. you just gotta remind people. You gotta remind people that the more stuff that you add to the dick pic in the background, the yeah. more insecure the man actually is. Oh, see, that's a good idea. Like if he's got a roll of quarters or something to show the scale from whatever it is that he's holding to his penis, that's because he's. he's He's unsure about his self, you know. The 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 secure guys just look, the, take the camera, and then point down and click. Those are the secure guys. Triple A batteries. Nothing going on. Yeah, exactly. There's batteries. It's just there, there's no other things to compare it to in a secure dick pic. Exactly. So remember that. I like it. They always do the travel size stuff too, the toothpaste and stuff like right. that. Right. Like this is Target. I'm like, that's not Target. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, no, I like that. So I could add that stuff. It's about brainstorming. We're brainstorming. So, again, man, I, I always find that the best way to do it. Two things. You say it out loud, the joke, you hear it, and then other people can uh, help you out, man. That's kind of the problem. I dig that. We're doing, we're doing the, the entrance from the very beginning? Yep. All right.
so just until he comes in, we're we're going all the way to the point where he comes in and sits down. Okay. No, at least just have him sitting down. Just tell you, like, he's got to sit down, and then... Okay. No, I mean, all the, like, all the shit you see in the Oh, give us, a, give us, like, a little, give us a little bit on it. Okay. In case you want, yeah. In case you want to come in on that, Matt. All right. Have it in all in one shot. I mean, I, I, I cued him because it sounded like he was coming too good. It was, it was good. It was perfect on your part. It was terrible. It was fine. Okay, we'll do it again. Oh, yeah, I, I remember how I, I'll, it was like a minute, almost a minute before he came in. 30 seconds and just give us that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm just going to pick this up from my side until he comes and then I'll, I'll get him over. Uh, you want me to go yeah, wider or come here? Oh, yeah, you already have that one? Yeah, you can come Shoot from, from that side. side. Cool. You already oh, have okay. that one. Okay. Just, and then just go wide. You can go wide. Welcome to the Rare Form cast with your host, Rudy Ortiz, and my special guest today, who will be in studio pretty soon, the one and only... Oh, okay. Alright, no problem. Three, two, one. What's going on, world? Welcome to the Rare Form cast with your host, Rudy Ortiz, and my special guest, who will be in studio pretty soon, the one and only Mr. Kabir Singh, comic extraordinaire. The guy's been everywhere. You've seen him on Comedy Central. He's actually just recently uh, done some writing for Family Guy. I mean, the guy's blowing up. I've known Kabir for almost, uh, I want to say, eight or nine years now. Known him ever since the open mic days over at Tommy T's back in Pleasanton, for those of you who know the the scene. that That's when they used to have karaoke right after comedy. It was usually funnier after the comedy show was over because of the karaoke so we're going to be talking a lot about sports a lot about politics uh, a lot about comedy actually we're only going to be talking about sports and comedy no politics today we're going to keep that in the uh, on the other side but uh, my man Kabir is going to let us uh, into his career let us know what he's up to what he's been what he's got going on and uh, actually I think I just hear him coming in right now of course Kabir fashionably late fashionably late as always my man knows how to make an entrance ladies and gentlemen the one and only Mr. Kabir Singh What's up? What's doing, going on, brother? Man? How you doing, man? Good. It's been a while, brother. This is nice. Right on, man. Welcome. Welcome to the Rare Formcast. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> okay. Uh, do you want to do one more? Yeah. Just to have it. Yeah. Okay. Is it one more time? Yeah. You don't even have to. Okay. You know what? When he comes in, just do that. Oh, I think I just heard him. Cool. Cool. What are you? Where are you? I, I was kind of from, I was a little... Uh, on the angle here, I was going to see if I could get a little bit more profile to get him walking because mm -hmm. there's so much reflection. Why don't we just get you fucking right here? Let's just tuck you in right here and get a nice wide and then come in. Mm -hmm. just, 
Sure. In. Okay, cool. I get like when I'm in here, I get these kind of fun little crosses where he crosses by close to the camera. Maybe Jay, I mean, maybe Jay, you should be fun. here <laughs> to let him come so, so we can use the camera. Sure. Out of his way. All right, and actually, I think I hear him walking in now. Is that the. Okay. My bad. Yeah, so we will have Kabir Singh in studio very soon. My man knows how to make an entrance. I've known him for years. He's always been like that. And as a matter of fact, I think I hear him walking in right now. There he goes, the one and only Mr. Kabir Singh. What's up, man? Making an entrance, as always. Treating me like it's your court date. I dig it. I like that. Traffic, dude. No problem, my man. Welcome. Welcome to the Rare Formcast. The one and only Mr. Kabir Singh, ladies and gentlemen. I see Rudy, man. Right on. Better go. Cool, man. Yeah, the I appreciate you, brother. Thank you're you so man. much, man. And then you're going to go grab some lunch with your boys? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go grab some lunch with my folks. Let me walk out with you guys, though, man. You guys, are they already packed up? Oh, no. Take Do you guys, do, so do you guys ever, I mean, what's the, like, the extent of the usage here? Is it, like, one person who, who does a podcast or multiple podcasts? Um, or? Well, I mean, I have, like, five podcasts, but. Oh, okay, there's, cool. Um, yeah, there's, that's a schedule currently, and it's 100 bucks a month. You get, um, you know, weekly two-hour podcast, hour and 15 minutes. That is cool. And um, some people use the performance base, Trish and Dan. I use it for Joke Workshop. I use it for Fantastics and yes. for Happy Hour, but. Um, look, tomorrow we have noise pop in here all day. We're gonna have live bands all day. Nice. We're gonna have do that. So and we've got a lot of like there's poetry every Friday, all that kind of bullshit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So damn, this yeah, is kind of cool though. I like I like the idea of like having a cool space like this. Yeah, we do. Um, there's only 30 seats, but I do rentals on Saturday nights from eight to ten. Yes. Bucks. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. That's and cool. You get like. Podcasts, because I'm trying to, you know, use the podcasting. Like, oh, look, you can record your show. <laughs> Actually, and this sound is going to be, I hope that they can, that it's really usable for them. Right on.
want to play. Man, so you're you're like cadence in terms of how you you're able to do that. Is that something that you just developed over time, or is that something like, you just sat down at a microphone one day and you're like, damn, I can do this? You know, like, you know what it was, man. I'm gonna be honest with you. When I was a kid, um, I used to really be into rap music. So okay. I used to write a lot of rap music, and what I did, like, from, like, the ages of, like, 19 to, like, 26, I recorded a lot of rap music. Oh, okay. So I think maybe that's where it kind of developed, you right. know what I'm saying? I didn't really get into comedy until, like, I was about 24, 25. Oh, okay, so well. I think maybe that's where it all it all started off. Right, right, because it's, like, it's that ability, too, right, where you're just, like, I got 30 seconds, I'm just going to keep going. Like, right. it's almost like stream of consciousness, but it's all connected. Yeah, and you want it to work. You don't want it to yeah. sound crazy. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying? You want it to actually work. Yeah, it's pretty wild, man. It's impressive. But it's, like, it's, one of, it's one of those things, though, that it's like, I, I think it, that really helped out for comedy. Because uh -huh. sometimes when you're up there and you're bombing, yeah. like, you have to make it. You, you if it's not going like, to be funny, you got to at least be interesting. Yeah, You literally can't just be standing there just looking blank. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It kinda, it's kind of like survival, survival time. <laughs> What's your name again, bro? I'm Ben. Ben, right on. Ben. So are you going to be there on Sunday? Yeah. Okay, cool. Ben, thank you again, Ben. Oh, yeah, you bet. See you around. Yeah. Take it easy, man. All right. Okay, add more files. Okay, it's being sent. Check radio. Perfect. Radio, 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 radio. I got in here. Where's the mate gonna be? Bruno Street, down by the train yards. I'll draw you a map. Setup's the same. Car pulls up and honks a couple of times in an alley down there. Who's handling the bike? A big man. Don't waste any time. When is it? Tonight. Oh, oh no, no, I went back no, to the office and met with Sergeants Barr and Jacobson. 8 p.m. Ben and I took up our positions on the stakeout along with the rest of the men. We had a clear view of the exact location where the buy was to be made. We waited. 10 p.m. 11 p.m. No one showed. Midnight came and went. 
1.30 a.m. Still no sign. At 18 minutes of two, we spotted a man carrying a shopping bag emerge from behind a row of freight cars near the end of the rail yard. He made his way across the street to the alley. He stood back in the shadows. As soon as the car gets in the alley, we pull up and block it, huh? Yeah, that's right. Beck will do the same thing down at the other end. Headlights coming in the alley. What's the time now? Four minutes to two. We waited. Eighteen minutes passed. Still no sign of the car that, according to Charles, was supposed to be there for the big buy. We could still see the figure of a man with a shopping bag huddled in the alley. 3 a.m. Joe. Yeah? Car down there in the alley. Yeah. That's it. You want to start up? Yep. Enough to block the alley. Mm-hmm. That's good. All right, come on, let's go. Come on. All right, kill your engine and get out of the car. Joe, look out! Get him out of there. Yeah. There's three of them. Yeah. Here's the guy with the shopping bag. All right, I got it. Christ, knocked them cold. Yeah. That's one. Easy there. Yeah. Pull right over there, will you? That's it. Get his coat off of that. I got it. Okay. That's it. That's it. Those three of them. Yeah. Hey. Hey, look at this, Joe. Found one of them in this guy's hand. Tin can, huh? Mm-hmm. Full of marijuana. You look at the labels on those cans? Yeah. Fancy solid packed tomatoes. There he is. The big tomato. The story you have just heard was true. Only the names were changed to protect the innocent. On October 3rd, trial was held in Superior Court, Department 89, City and County of Los Angeles, State of California. In a moment, the results of that trial. Stanson, alias the Big Tomato, along with his associates in the narcotic gang, was tried and convicted for violating the State Narcotic Act. He received sentences as prescribed by law and are now serving their terms in the state penitentiary. Just heard Dragnet, a series of authentic cases from official files. Technical advice comes from the office of Chief of Police W.H. Parker, Los Angeles Police Department.
Rocket Dog Rescue is a Bay Area organization that works to save dogs from death at overcrowded shelters and put them into happy homes. If you're looking to adopt or have some extra cash you feel like donating, go to rocketdogrescue.org. That's R-O-C-K-E-T-D-O-G-R-E-S-C-U-E dot O-R-G. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. Welcome to the world of Giant Gnome Productions. Find out more online at giantgnome.com. And now, our feature presentation. Emily, where were you? Oh, I couldn't see anything, so I stuck around to the side to get a better look at the pod. Now look, you can't go running off like that. This is a very serious situation. There are guns, bombs, mines, grenades, mustard gas, not to mention aliens. Aliens? I don't think they're aliens, Doc. What do you mean they're not aliens? Well, of course, you are the expert, but I did get a closer look at the pod than you did. And? And the marking on the craft said HMS Hague. Whatever that thing is, it's British. British? What a British craft be doing travelling in non-space? They never developed the technology. And more importantly, what would they be doing back here in 1917? Should we go back and try to get in the pod? I don't think there's anyone in it right now, at least no one I could see. No, too dangerous. Besides, we have to get back to the TARDIS before someone notices. Notices what? Turn around very slowly, with your hands up in the air. If you make one wrong move, I'll shoot you both where you stand. Sit over there on the cot. Both of you. Keep your hands where I can see them. There seems to be some sort of mistake here. We're on your side. Is that so? Yes, of course. We're both British in case you can't tell. Call me suspicious, but when I see a young woman and a strange man that's just in very odd-looking civilian clothing just wandering around no man's land in the middle of a big push, I tend to take notice. Odd-looking? Really? Do I look that out of place? I was just telling Emily earlier that the one thing I can never get right is the clothing. Stop chattering and start explaining. Or you'll both be shot as German spies. German spies? Well, that's the last straw. Look, I've let you push us around long enough. We're trying to help you. You have no idea what's going on out there. And what do you do? You interrupt us in the middle of our work, drag us back here at gunpoint, and now you accuse us of being Germans? 
What I think my partner here is trying to say is that we're here on a very special reconnaissance mission for the British government. If you don't believe me, we have credentials. They're in my jacket pocket. I'll get them. You just keep your hands up. Inside left. There you go. That should explain everything. What do you think you're doing? Psychic paper. Oh, my. Uh, special operations. Uh, well, I see. I'm sorry. It, it's just, well, you seem so damned out of place out there. Don't apologise. Glad to see we still have some very observant young soldiers in this man's army. I don't believe I caught your name. Burlingham. Daniel Burlingham. change it up for a couple hours.
Hey, what's up? Now you know what the fuck's the deal. Hope everybody's doing well. It is uh, Monday evening. Hello. Hope everybody had a good weekend. Um, we, uh, I'm flying solo cholo tonight. It's, uh, it was a long weekend. We all had a great time. Got to hang out with Paul this weekend, but we'll get into that later. Um, we had a tragedy out in Oakland, so there's a big vigil going on out there, and Bill's, uh, Bill's paying his respects. He's doing his thing. So, you get to listen to me tonight. I did get to go on the dirt bag this weekend, so I'm a little beat, as was Paul. So, he uh, he needs sleep. <laughs> He's been pushing his body pretty hard for the last couple months. So, it's uh, time to take a break, I think, for him. Hopefully, he'll be, he should be back next week. He was excited about coming in next week. He's just, yeah, he's, he's done for today. So, it was a great weekend. We had the dirt bag this weekend. What a great ride. Uh, I highly recommend, if you're going to go on this ride, to bring dirt tires. <laughs> um, I got a, I took my bike, got the Harley out there in the mud for a little bit, man. It was, uh, it was interesting. It was uh, quite a ride, I'll tell you what. Uh, get the white knuckles going in the, uh, it's exciting, man. It's super exciting. So yeah, that was, that was a great time. I don't feel like I deserve to be there, and I was honored to be invited. That was a fantastic ride. Great group of guys. Um, but we'll talk more about that later. I want to get into some music. Um, I do want to thank Seth and Aaron from The Creeps for those burnouts, man. Those guys were sick. So I thought I'd throw some music their way. I'll talk to you in a minute.
so look them up, but I feel right that I belong. He was trying to pay a fine and maybe take a dive. Started out of marijuana, ended up with his wine. Got a fucker every day just to feel alive. Sentimental in the rail, falling by the wayside. The brain for the knees to watch him, I'm back. My sanity is under attack. I got a crazy look in my eye. Since my girl ran off with a Mexican guy. Maybe I should swallow a little pill. Maybe I should listen to Dr. Phil. Modern life can certainly make one feel. Sitting on a corner of Hollywood and buying where I saw Scarface and Seven if I, I saw Chuck Berry at dawn with the wind. He had a little white snuggling up to him. The street was kind of dirty, but the street had soul. Saw Bobby Moore picked to do the Monster Mash show. I saw Frank Zappa eat a lonely hot dog. Heard wild things played by the trucks. The rain put a leash to watch in my back. My sanity is under attack. What's happening? So that was the Stooges, Mexican guy. Song before that was uh, Slipknot, Wait and Bleed, and then uh, the Twats played Sanity Bomb before that, who I, which I dedicated to my, uh, my buddies. Those were insane burnouts. <laughs> so that was a wild party. It was a long weekend. It started for me. It started with memorial service on a uh, Friday. Say goodbye to a good friend. It was a. Uh, it was actually a, a really good crowd. It was. It was. It was a big deal. It was cool. So, peace, Ernie. Good people. Um, so then I got the call about going to the <laughs> going on the dirt bag, which uh, I was it surprised me. So, and not only that, I uh, I needed a bike with the rear pegs, which you know, the one I have, I got two bikes. So the Harley has the rear pegs. 
and it was Paul. He said, uh, yeah, you want to go in the dirt bag? Um, but can you carry a girl on back that's going to photograph the whole event? She's, uh, I heard she may be the official photographer of the dirt bag challenge. So she, uh, so yeah, we met on Saturday morning. Actually, I met everybody except for Paul on Saturday morning for the first time. And uh, we left uh, Bayview around, around 11 a.m. And uh, it was a wild crowd. I have to, I have to give props to everybody. They were just, they were just a solid crowd. This young lady was hanging off the back of my bike. She was, she, she was solid. She was, everybody was solid. It was just a good, good crowd. But yeah, it was, uh, it was super impressive. And I feel like I accomplished something. It was, you know, even though I didn't build a bike to take on it, it's, it was, uh, it was an event. So we uh, drove out of the city, headed north. 160 plus miles, I think almost 170, maybe a little more than that, uh, north up into the uh, mountains, and we uh, camped out overnight, which, yeah, it turned out the uh, the last three miles or so were on dirt in a off-highway vehicle park. Um, so, yeah, deep ruts, a little bit of mud, um, and I wasn't the only one with street tires on my bike. These guys... Uh, they powered through it, and uh, they were on rigids the whole freaking way, man. It was it was just a really impressive sight. I had a really good time. They were all homemade, you know. It was just, it was badass. So if you missed it, plan on it for next year because it's a good one. Um, things are going to change up next year. Paul's uh, still figuring out what exactly is going to be the final uh, final change ups on the whole thing. Um, but we're maybe thinking, or he's maybe thinking longer longer rides. I think at this point, or. Yeah, we'll leave that up to him. There's there's a few oars in there, but uh, I should, probably shouldn't have said as much as I did. So, there's a lot going on. Uh, yeah, went up to, uh, <laughs> when I was in a, you know, once you get off the main freeways, man, you get up into those hills, and uh, I was scraping pipes on one side, and it was just loose gravel, and so I wasn't pushing it too hard, you know, plus with the extra weight. It uh, it's a different beast, you know, and I don't want to hurt anybody. It's a bad, it's bad enough if I go down, but if I go down with somebody on back and they get messed up, I'm not cool with that, you know. So, and I'm usually riding solo cholo, so I was uh, it was a good time, man. Yeah, some of those guys were just riding, you know, and their breakdowns and fixing it and getting it going again and running out of gas and I think 11 people made it up on uh, homemade bikes, pole leading the way. Paul's got a beautiful bike, by the way. If you get a chance to check it out, please <laughs> go out of your way for it. It's it's sweet. It should be on the web. should be on the Facebook page, I assume. So, yeah, so that was a great weekend. Um, Sunday coming back. Sunday coming back, I've, uh, I laid back. Um, we pulled over because Paul broke uh, broke us adjuster on his uh, on his bike broke off. So his chain was was loosening up as he was riding along. So we uh, we pulled over and we managed to fix that. But in the process, the rest of the guys were like, "Well, we're out," and I'm with the photographer, so I'm like, "So where are we going? Are we following the boys or are we sticking with Paul?" And uh, we ended up sticking with Paul, which was a good thing, because um, he did get it going. And about I don't know, an hour later on the road, um, we pulled up to a red light. We were coming off 29 onto 12 there, and. Uh, he, uh, <laughs> we jumped on it. And he had me. He was he was out in front. And he was gone. Um, and then I saw his chain went slack, and he, uh, and it was making like a I don't know like a winding sound. And then he pulled over, and I, as I did, and by the time I walked back the 30 feet from in front of him that I was, um, there was a nice puddle of oil underneath his bike, <laughs> which was. <laughs> 
It's like, all right, well, cool. At least we we hung back with them, you know. We were we were there for them. Um, also, while we were pulled over the first time, Joyce is is beautiful woman who I met this weekend. She's a sweet, sweet lady, badass, badass. All all my respect, Joyce. Um, she pulled over, you know, just to hang out and see if we need anything. And Paul didn't need any help with what he was doing. We uh, we all laid off and just let him do his thing. Um, and when she went to jump in her truck and started, the truck would not start. So we had to call AAA. Anyway, by that time, the boys were pretty pretty well in front of us. But we, uh, we did our best to catch up, and then the next breakdown happened. So I ran into town and got some uh, JB Weld Quick, which sets in six minutes. It's amazing stuff, by the way. Um, and a couple of bolts, and, we, uh, and Paul went to work and nailed it, man. We left there. I think we made it back from that turnoff. From 121, 12 to 37 to 101, all the way into the city to the shop in like 45 minutes, 40 minutes. And not one drop of oil came out of his bike. It was just smooth sailing the whole way. It was an amazing ride. And then the party began. But before that, Paul, um, Bill's, Bill's at this vigil tonight as well. He's over in Oakland, um, the vigil for the people who lost their lives in that... It's just a tragedy. Um, my heart goes out to everybody in the families, and it's just a terrible thing. Um, so he's out there doing his vigil. I'm going to try and mellow things out here for a minute before I go and snap, but uh, I'll be right back. Catch up with you in a minute.
about that huh so that was uh bill withers harlem great tune and i threw uh i threw a little beck in there fucking with my head so yeah so it was an exciting weekend i had such a good time so paul i don't know what he did i wasn't paying too much attention by the time i got back from it was maybe 20 minutes took me maybe to go and get the stuff came back he had the bike apart what he needed to fix it's ready to go he jb welded it let it set as he was fixing the rear so that the tire wouldn't slide anymore the man's a genius side of the road quick in bam i mean he was done in 10 15 minutes we were back on the road in the meantime he'd gotten a text <laughs> yeah i had about a quarter of oil through that in there he'd gotten a text from a friend and i guess she lived up the road and not even two minutes after i got to back to the uh back to the bike she pulls up she's got <laughs> she's got turkey breast sliced in a bag it must have been about two pounds three pounds <clears throat> and uh and some chocolate some uh, bark peppermint bark i don't know what to call it it's delicious sweet lady trudy yeah paul's just he's got connections and uh yeah put a quart of oil in it started it up not a drop it looked like his chain actually swung around and, and caught the drain plug, and I think it whacked and cracked the case. Yeah, and he fixed that on the side of the road and got going on the bike that he's already done 4,700 miles crossing the country in the dirt <laughs> on fire roads. <laughs> he's a badass in his own right. So, yeah, so it was a great weekend. Back to the party. Ran into Wild Bill and uh, our old friend Steve. 
They were there with uh, Bill's son, Wyatt, and a good crowd of, I would say, 300-plus people, all being very uh, mellow. <laughs> they weren't being, no, I mean, there was a band going on. You know, everybody's, everybody's seeing people they haven't seen in a long time. You know, there's bikes parked up and down the street, and there's a lot of, a lot of milling, you know, going around. But it wasn't crazy, crazy, you know? It wasn't like somebody was going to die, you know, like somebody gets stabbed or that kind of crazy shit. Nobody was fighting. Everybody was cool. Everybody was smiling. Everybody was just having a great time. It was a fantastic party. And got the, uh, the awards handed out to all the boys that did their jobs. And uh, uh, once again, just total respect to these guys. The, the bikes they made and to go that kind of distance. And, you know, I mean, I can only imagine, you know, and they're up. I mean, a few of them, they were up all night working on the bike and they, they pushed it over from their shop <laughs> with no sleep <laughs> and then went on the ride. And it uh, took us a while to get up there, you know, with the last, uh, even before we hit the dirt, it was dark. So, yeah, once we hit the dirt, it's a path, I don't know, maybe 20 feet wide in some spots with some ruts, you know, rain ruts and there was a good patch of mud that was probably about 20 feet long and there was standing water you know it's uh you had to pick your line real clean and do your best um but yeah it's it was just it was just an impressive you know and then once we did get to the campground i actually met a young lady that that was on the ride with us she was from uh kqed or npr and she was recording the whole thing and she's going to be doing a report on it which is something to look forward to tiffany sweet woman a great rider. She was a badass. They were all badasses. It was just, you know, and, and just meeting those people that morning and them like warming up to me the way they did. It was just, it was just, it was cool, man. You know, sitting around the campfire talking shit is always fun. But it's, you know, it's a little iffy when you're, uh, when you're the outsider. And uh, I was totally comfortable with these folk. It was, I was doing my thing. So we had a good weekend. Um... Bill's, uh, Bill is, uh, mourning a loss. He did have a friend that was involved in that fire, so he's, uh, he's in his, he's doing his thing as well. He needs to do his thing. Um, yeah, and nothing, nothing really coming up other than that. Um, yeah, Paul does have, have some ideas about changing up the dirt bag next year. Um, you should be there. If you weren't there this year, go next year. Um, look into it. There's some movies out on the internet, I'm sure. Um, the Rattler, Dirt Bag, uh, what well, was Dirt Bag was the first one, I believe. And then the, Ra the Return of the Rattler, Dirt Bag 2, which I saw, which is a great movie. It'll make you want to build a chopper and, like, do this thing. It's just... I've already looked into getting a bike. <laughs> I lined up a bike. So now I just need to find a work spot for it and uh, get the thing running and then figure out what I want to do to it. And I'm I'm not even thinking for the dirt bag. I'm thinking for cruising around town. It should be just, you know, I'm thinking it'll be cool. So I'm looking forward to doing that. Um, if anybody's got some space they want to let me uh, <laughs> do some work in, <laughs> give me a holler. That'd be fantastic. I can get the work done. I just uh, I just need a spot, and I'm hoping it won't take that long because I want to get that thing on the road. What else happened? But but the kids say the drive back breaking down the party. The party was insane. It was just it was such a good time. The punk bands were killer, and then the, they did burn the tires off a couple bikes on private property, of course, um, which was which was impressive. It was really. Freaking cool. It was badass. You know, smoking out the street and there was just chunks of rubber everywhere. You know, it was just cool, man. You know, it got the crowd going. Everybody was into it. It was a fun, fun time, man. So hopefully we'll be doing that again next year. 
somehow, some way, somewhere. Uh, of course, up to Paul. We'll see where he goes with it. Uh, I'm not going to bother you anymore. I'm going to put on some music. How about some... Uh, I believe this was recorded live in Australia.
testing. Oh, hello! <laughs> it is 2 p.m. on Friday, uh, March 7th. We're starting at a Munity Radio Comedy Festival. Mar March 6th. Oh, March 6th. All right. Uh, I don't know which day is it today. <laughs> That's a good sign. <laughs> um, and so this podcast is called Meet the Parents. Um, hello. Yeah, so we have some special guests in the house. I am your host, Bernice Yeah, from Seattle. And why not we start from my right and then Rolf first and then do a round of introduction. Yeah, hi, I'm Rolf Scar. Big fan of Mutiny Radio. Glad to be here in the booth with you all. Uh, we're here in San Francisco. Hi, I'm Lalita D. I live in the South Bay, but I'm originally from Amsterdam, the Netherlands, and then I also spend some years of my life in London, UK. Very nice. Um, Pam, do you want to go before me? I, I, I'm <laughs> sure, I, I'm Pam. I've never lived outside of California. <laughs> Pam is the one runs the Munity Radio. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, that's everybody yeah, knows Pam already. Mutiny yeah. Radio Comedy Festival <laughs> in 2020. Uh, meet the parents. Meet the parents. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have, I believe, we have like two more guests might drop in when yeah, so they will come in. Uh, we will introduce them as they come in. Uh, my name is Bernice. Yeah, um, I live in Seattle, and um, I was born and raised in China. Um, I came here when I was 21. Um, so the uh, reason why I want to do this podcast is because uh, this uh, earlier, well, no, earlier last year, I brought my uh, boyfriend to meet my parents. Um, he is an American who have never been to China, so it's his first time. Um, and he doesn't speak Chinese other than knowing Ni hao, right? <laughs> and so uh, there's just all kinds of like silly things that happen on the trip. So I just want to kind of stress through my story. And then like we got all the comments, that, hey, they have a lot of meeting the parents fun moments too. So I guess I started, but I want to kind of see, ask everybody about uh, what type of meet the parents you want to talk about today. Anyone who just jump in, just yeah, go, yeah. This is rough. I love meeting parents. <laughs> <laughs> How I, many parents have you met I, so far? Well, I'm not married, but I've, I've met a few in my day. And uh, I look forward to it, uh, partly because I've always gotten a good response. Parents like me. Sometimes they like me more than their own kids. They don't love me. I think there's a distinction. They, you know, they'll always love their kid more than they'll love their wife. Yeah. But liking is different. I had one parent said. I like I love my kid, but I don't really like like her. <laughs> oh so yeah, 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 yeah! I love my parents. <laughs> I don't really like them. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's an interesting puzzle to figure out. <laughs> uh, so uh, I'm uh, I don't want to talk about meeting other people's parents, but about people meeting my parents. I have a ton of them. My father had a somewhat illustrious um, marriage record, and so there's a lot of people to meet. And then um, my father's. Uh, third wife's ex-husband married my father's second wife and so we had lots of siblings that were both kind of step siblings in lots of different ways uh, and that's always just been super interesting bringing people home to meet my family because you know we end up having to draw them little um kind of genealogies the ancestry.com but in a local way <laughs> just to explain who they're meeting today and and uh, so lots of stories about that mm. oh, 
now our other two special guests has arrived <laughs> so um why not uh, so andy go ahead and start introduce yourself yeah i'm uh, andy clark and my i brought in a special guest my girlfriend uh alex smith who's here with me we're talking about meeting each other's parents mostly meeting uh, her parents she's got an interesting family dynamic <laughs> that's uh really nice to get caught up in yeah, thanks for including me, even though Welcome. I'm not a comedian, I like to think I am. Uh, I, yeah, I'm, I, I, I feel like all parents like me, and I might be a little, uh, might have a big head about that as well, but I know how likable I am, and <laughs> um, I know that my family is loud and interrupts each other, and once I dated someone for about five years that never <laughs> said much to my family because he wasn't going to interrupt them so that didn't work out i'm trying to train andy now on how to get through how to break through to the noise yeah it's it's nice because i feel like i meet alex's parents for the first time every time i go over there because <laughs> they've never once asked me a single question it's <laughs> nice it's good We've got a lot of practice a lot of a lot of takes at it that's awesome. That's awesome. Pam, do you want to? Yeah. Well, all parents hate me because uh, I'm a Marxist and I don't believe in the family anyway. So <laughs> Ooh, yeah. they, they're like, dude, well, who is this crazy woman? Why are they? What is this socialist nonsense she's spouting? <laughs> so I'm usually like, they're like, oh, don't bring her back. And she drinks all the wine and spouts Marxism. We don't want it. That's the kind of Marxism I like. You know, you know, we're against property, but when it comes to a good bottle of soap, Blam will make allowances, right? <laughs> Rich people want. You don't want to own this, you know. Give it to me. Let me take that off your hands. Yeah, I love capitalist wine. Yeah. That's Steal from thing. the rich. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's right, one at a time. <laughs> Um, we have another special guest. Um, so, well, actually, I mentioned my boyfriend. Um, he's a little longer, my boyfriend. Um, he's my fiance now. So, yes, so he's going to call in, I don't know, about 220 ish. So, I guess we're going to talk about all this. He doesn't know what we're talking about. So, maybe you can ask questions and see uh, his perspective. So, maybe we'll talk about how same long, thing. How long have you been with him? Um, two, uh, now he's two and a half years. Two and a half years. That's a good amount of time. So you spoke really great English when you met, met him. Like, yeah. So it wasn't like the pillow dictionary kind of like, <laughs> <laughs> teach me all the words. Yeah, I use the other boyfriends for that. <laughs> <laughs> Not use, but you know, <laughs> I've gone through a few. <laughs> um, yes. So. That's actually a good question because, like, the one of the first thing uh, my friends asked me is, like, "Oh my God! Like, um, are you teaching him Chinese?" And you know, ask him, "Are you nervous meeting the parents?" And I'm like, "No, I'm not teaching him Chinese. Um, it's the best thing they don't speak the same language at all. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just the translator, right? <laughs> and then so like nobody can offend anyone." Because uh, my mom is a very, she's very charming, charismatic, and then she will like, when you don't know what she's talking about, you will think she's so friendly. <laughs> 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 but then she starts, she like, bam, like, oh, you're, why is he so short? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, you know, like, it's nice to have me as a filter. Um, <laughs> you do a lot of editing with your I parents? Do, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and also because my parents, they are like, um, 
Oh, sorry. Um, usually after three days, it, they drove me crazy. Like mm -hmm. I will just have a mental meltdown. Um, but because he's there, he's the center of attention. That helps. <laughs> right. And I can talk shit about my mom in front of her. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> this is an off-topic question, but for Bernice, do you dream in Chinese or English? Uh, I dream in English. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right. All right. It has been that for a long time. Man, actually, I don't know how to date anyone um, in Chinese. One time, I dated a um, Taiwanese Chinese guy, and then his uh, native language is Mandarin. So we speak the same native language. But because I've never really dated people in Chinese, so I feel like a 12-year-old. <laughs> and it's just so weird. I cannot say anything like romantic or sexy just like yeah because i think it's the same here i couldn't oh. i couldn't possibly date in dutch i've never dated in dutch my life's in english i dream in english but my partner is spanish speaking uh -huh. um and so i've been learning spanish because that's not an un unuseful language yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, especially in this country and um I, and I, I just, you know, in order to communicate with her family and everything, it's, it's good. But she's flatly refusing to learn Dutch. I mean, it's a thing between <laughs> us. I'm like, you know, could you like do one semester or something? And she's like, it's pointless language. It's a colonial language. Like she gives me all the politics. <laughs> like, well, Spanish is a colonial language, but then that doesn't, you know, that somehow is different. Um, and she's <laughs> but, but does she love Fabo? And Fabo is... Does she is, love Fabo? She, she does not She does not, Fabo. but she loves Hema. Heyma, the shop, you know, have you know Heyma? Because uh, you spend time in, Heyma is the, the kind of the, the target of the Netherlands. Oh, it's like okay. target, but better. I mean, it's just incredible. <laughs> so she loves Heyma. And in fact, I might have to say to her, if you really want to go to Heyma any, anymore, you'll have to learn a little bit of, of 